RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Thursday morning is Perigo's Perspective Morning on Reality Check Radio. The man himself, who called out mainstream media as brain dead in 1993, joins us again. Lindsay, how are you doing? And what's happened since, as I say, is proof of death after death. <laughs> <laughs> the brain deader than ever. But I'm still alive. We're yeah. still here. In spite of the somewhat morbid close to our program last week, we're still here, Paul, and fighting fit. Yeah, I'm feeling fitter, actually, as every day goes on. You're Two months good. so far. Thank you. So... I think by now you should have had some sort of avalanche, some sort of tsunami, some sort of Esque Valley level flood of communication, feedback, texts, I don't know, emails come to you. Um, what have they been saying, Lindsay? How, how have they been responding to Perigo's perspective on Reality Check Radio? I'm really curious to know. Well, the one last week in particular, which of course was slightly off the beaten track, but the Murray Ingalls... Mario Lanza one, not exactly an avalanche, I would say. That would be oh, okay. immodest, but lots and lots of feedback and just words like magnificent, thrilling, and, of course, one would expect nothing less given the way that finished with Mario soaring up to the explosive end to that song, When You're In Love. No, there's been a huge, huge, huge response. <laughs> yeah, um, I can see why Frankie Lane teared up in the studio. He really did, yes. And it must have been especially gratifying for him, having written the words, to hear them sung with such limitless passion and commitment and clarity. Oh, my goodness. But you and I, of course, are the diction Nazis. We want to hear every word. And with both of those guys, of course, you got that. But Mario in particular had almost an obsession with every word as though it were my last on earth, yeah. as I said last week. And so you could hear every word. So what year was that recorded? Again, I'm asking because I know you talked about the new CD and, you know, how that it had been remastered, basically, to bring it up to some sort of um, better spec. And to me, it sounded, you know, like it was recorded yesterday. 1952. Wow. <laughs> That's pretty special, actually. Extraordinary. Well, and I mean, honestly, the rest of the tracks on the CD are just as good. As I said, you have to make allowance for the occasional click and bump from the acetates where they're using acetates. But uh, aside from that, as you say, could have been done yesterday. Yeah, that that's amazing. The way that things can, well, not brought back to life but just enhanced so mm. much. And that's how they would have heard it in the studio, actually. In, yes, indeed. Yes. Mm. All right. Where are we going today? Well, it's probably an opportune moment for me to iterate something that should be obvious anyway, but Perigo's perspectives are exactly that. Perigo's perspectives, not necessarily uh, Paul Brennan's or reality check radios, anybody else at all. This is on me, all my own work, <laughs> and I take responsibility. I say that because today I should really trigger the snowflakes. So, Oh, good. <laughs> now that we have everyone's <laughs> undivided attention. 
Shall I start? Uh, no, I need to do my... This is going to become a, a regular line now. Lindsay, the floor is yours. <laughs> Thank you. In his masterly poem, If, Rudyard Kipling stipulates a number of prerequisites for achieving the status of manhood, beginning with, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too. Keeping your head when all about you are losing theirs is an especially exacting challenge in this age of mass formation psychosis, when the spreading of hysteria by evil totalitarian politicians seems to be the easiest thing in the world to pull off. The woke fascist education establishment, the child molesters of the mind, have done an immaculate job of turning millennials into moronials and following up with Gen Z, Z for zombies, just itching to conform, to obey and repeat the latest atrocities emanating from the ruling class. Orange man still bad, the elites insist, of the most successful American president of our lifetime. Knowing that the headless hordes of Trump derangement syndromes will not take the blindest bit of notice of last week's Durham report, showing that the only collusion to affect the 2016 and 2020 elections came from the elites themselves, crooked Hillary, Obama Marx, bribed Beijing Biden, the FBI, the CIA, fake news, all the usual swampy Sorosian suspects. Carbon dioxide is a pollutant. They lie as they ban it and order the masses to don masks and breathe their own CO2 back in, thereby exacerbating their delirium. Take this vaccine, they order. We assure you it's safe and effective, even though we have no idea whether it is or not. Sheeple, not just zombies and moronials, but sheeple of all ages, bullied, panicked, and gaslit, by the likes of Jacinda Jackboot, shilling for Pfizer and the World Economic Forum, the sheeple, I say, dutifully comply. When the evidence then mounts that this mandated jab is both unsafe and ineffective and is not really a vaccine at all, when the deaths and injuries pile up, the elites simply deny this is happening, knowing that the masses whom they have warped into credulous cretins will believe them and not the evidence. Anyone who believes the vaccine causes death, says David Seymour, is clinging to lunacy. Guy Hatchard has done an admirable job of debunking David and showing just who is truly clinging to lunacy. When challenged by someone who keeps his head while all about are losing theirs, 
the evil politicians bear their totalitarian fangs. Here's Seymour being confronted by the courageous Will Ryan. Sir, David, um, on the subject of the Bill of Rights, I would like to know why during Labour's vaccine mandates in particular, you didn't stand for the right to medical privacy, the right to freedom from medical coercion, the right to freedom of protest and association during those two years where you could have said something, you were in a position to, and as I believe you prevented your own MPs from meeting protesters at Altier Square yeah. and otherwise. I'll answer you, it for you there, mate. Look, um, Without getting personal. You're not, you're not from Epsom. Oh, um, ad hominem, ad hominem. I thought we were about free speech here. And everything, oh, you've said this is is off the everything you've said is untrue. No, it's not untrue um, at all. You didn't actually, stand for the right to freedom from medical there. coercion. You didn't stand for the right to freedom from medical coercion. Well, I actually I am do. from, I'm a New Zealand citizen, Ngāpui and European, so no, I think I have the right no to one, speak. No one cares about you, mate. Section 10 of the New Zealand Bill of Rights says, Every person has the right not to be subjected to medical or scientific experimentation without that person's consent. Section 11 says, everyone has the right to refuse to undergo any medical treatment. Will Ryan was correct. Seymour did not stand up for the Bill of Rights. He advocated SWAT teams going door to door, jabbing people. When Will Ryan presses the point, Seymour's headless henchwomen come screeching to his aid. I want freedom of speech. I want a civil society. Why did you not stand for the right to freedom from medical coercion? One is reminded of Cicero. Politicians are not born, he said. They are excreted. Let's expel the excreter and replace them with humans. Who has that status? <laughs> now, any excuse to read the whole of Rudyard's poem. If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, or being lied about, don't deal in lies, or being hated, don't give way to hating, and yet don't look too good nor talk too wise. If you can dream and not make dreams your master, if you can think and not make thoughts your aim, if you can meet with triumph and disaster and treat those two impostors just the same, if you can bear to hear the truth you've spoken twisted by knaves to make a trap for fools, or watch the things you gave your life to broken and stoop and build them up with worn-out tools. If you can make one heap of all your winnings and risk it on one turn of pitch and toss and lose and start again at your beginnings and never breathe a word about your loss. If you can force your heart and nerve and sinew to serve your turn long after they are gone. And so hold on when there is nothing in you except the will which says to them, hold on. If you can talk with crowds and keep your virtue, or walk with kings nor lose the common touch, 
if neither foes nor loving friends can hurt you, if all men count with you, but none too much, if you can fill the unforgiving minute with 60 seconds worth of distance run, yours is the earth and everything that's in it, and, which is more, you'll be a man, my son. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.